question you want to ask? I know last week we were kind of going through some of the questions that have been asked through, the, um, through our Bible reading with uh, um, just kind of as we've kind of been going through uh, the beginning of the year, going through the New Testament, and then, of course, on the weekends, uh, going through Psalms and Proverbs. And so there's just been a few questions that have been um, asked uh, on that, and, um, and we just kind of address some of those. Uh, again, don't forget, February the 11th, February the 11th, I think that's what, two weeks from today, I think that is, February 11th, we'll be splitting the adults, uh, we'll have the center point, we'll be meeting in the fellowship hall, and uh, then all of those that are um, not in center point will be in here, uh, so if in your 30s and 40s, we'll be across the hall, and then everybody else will be in here, uh, obviously they do have the young adult class as well, um, but uh, we'll be doing that for a few weeks, to, really just till the end of May, and uh, so really looking forward to, to doing that as well. Um, so don't forget about that. So the center point, 30s and 40s, will be in the fellowship hall, and then the wisers, everybody else will be here in the auditorium, okay? Um, all right, so let's look at a couple questions then here. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter, let's see, Matthew chapter 11. Um, we kind of looked at a question last week dealing with the different genealogies, um, the differences in uh, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. Um, one of the questions was here in Matthew chapter 11. Let's see, Matthew chapter 11, um, and verse number 21. Um, so Matthew chapter 11, verse number 21. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented uh, long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. So the question not not necessarily so much about understanding the verse, but um, the question was, it seems a lot of times when before Jesus speaks, it's always preceded by some type of indication that, you know, Jesus said or um, Jesus answered or something like this, right? Notice in verse number 25, at that time, Jesus answered and said, right? Um, so many times it's preceded by that um, verse number 7, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, right? Verse number 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, right? So many times when Jesus is, when Jesus is about to say something, it's always preceded by Jesus said or Jesus began to speak or something like that. Um, but here in verse number 25 or verse number 21, it doesn't really have that indication, right? Um, and so is that you know, obviously when we have, uh, if you have a New Testament that has the words of Christ in red, it makes it a little bit easier to know, obviously, when Jesus is speaking or not, right? Um, obviously, that's not how the apostles wrote it. They didn't have black ink and red ink, and they were like, you know, filling it in. That was just, that's actually done to be able to understand the Bible a little bit easier, to know when Jesus is speaking, so because it says that, how do we know that it really is uh, Jesus? Well, again, if you look in verse number 20, again, Jesus has been speaking here, but in verse number 20 it says, Then he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not, right? So it, it may not necessarily say that Jesus said or whatever, but it does indicate to us that it is Jesus the one that who is um, upbraiding these cities uh, because of their, they, they would not repent, right? Um, and so many times when we're reading, it may not necessarily say exactly 
Jesus said or, or something like that. Um, and that's why, again, it's, it's very important um, to make sure, you under, make sure we're understanding context, right? Um, read the verses before it. Read the verses after it. Um, uh, don't, ju- don't just depend on red and black ink, right? I mean, that's helpful. It is helpful. Um, but don't just depend upon that, right? Um, because I, I have seen times where the, um, the red and the black ink didn't actually match up right, right? It was maybe a misprint or something like that when they printed. Um, and so don't always depend on red ink, black ink, you know, to know when Jesus is speaking, right? Um, always look at the context. And so I think when we look here, um, it does indicate to us that Jesus is the one that is upbraiding. And what is, of course, what does the word upbraid mean? What do we mean by it? What is, what is a modern term for the word upbraid? I thought I heard somebody say it. What? Chastise? Scolding? Right? Come on, give me, give me a modern term today, right? Scolding and chastising, those are not modern terms, right? Those are like, those are, I'm not going to say they're ancient terms, but those are not modern. What would be a good modern term, right? He what? He busted their chops. <laughs> that's, that's a good modern term, right? He busted their chops, right? He liked the bad Google review. <laughs> no, he, he's, he chewed them out, right? He just simply chewed them out. He is upbraiding them. He's, he is chewing them out. He's rebuking them, right? Um, and that's what, again, he's upbraiding the cities. Notice, wherein most of his mighty miracles were done, most of the miracles, the works that he did, were around and in these cities, and yet, what does it say? They repented not, right? They, they didn't believe, okay? So he's done so many miracles and works and things uh, around, these area, around this area, uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, right, all these things. In fact, he says, if the works that were done in these cities were done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes, right? Um, and so he's, he's, he's rebuking them. He's chewing them out because he's done all these different things and, and they have not repented, right? So um, no doubt this is Jesus, Jesus speaking here um, and chewing them out because of their rejection of, of Christ um, as, as Messiah. So kind of along that same thought, go over to chapter 13. Go over to chapter 13. Kind of along that same thought here, um, a question that was asked. So in chapter 13, verse number 58 right? He says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, right? So kind of similar to what we just read, what he was talking about. He's upbraiding Chorazin and Bethsaida because of of their unbelief. They did not believe the mighty works that were done. So again, he says here, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, right? So the question kind of was, why didn't Jesus do miracles here. If they were in unbelief and lost, then did they not need to be ministered to, right? Would they not have needed to be ministered to? Um, obviously, um, you know, we, got, we know that God does use miracles to get the, our attention sometimes and draw us to himself. So why wasn't, the, why wasn't this the case here in verse number 58 
why didn't Jesus do uh, miracles to try to, to get their attention and try to draw him, them to themselves, right? What do we think here when he says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, right? Obviously, in Luke chapter, what is it, Luke chapter 19, I think it is, um, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So we know Jesus wants them to be saved. And we know many times, you know, Jesus used miracles to draw people to himself, right? Um, remember on uh, Peter and John, they go to the temple. There's the man there that is uh, his lame, and they heal him. And through that healing, right, there's a crowd of people that comes around, and they're able to preach the gospel, and uh, 4,000 people get saved that day, right? Um, so why would, why would then Jesus say here that he's not going to do these works because of their, their unbelief? Michelle? So you're saying that because he was from that area, you're saying Jesus felt like they should have listened to him and paid attention to him more. Okay. Okay. Um, think about what this verse actually means, though. Right? He says, A prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house. What does that mean? Does that mean that he is going to have honor from those that he is around? Sir? Yeah, so again, when we think about this verse, um, it's, I don't think it's saying that there should be honor there, right? Um, he, and that's what he's saying. A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. In other words, again, think about why, if you go back up, look in verse 53. It came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. When he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Jesus and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And what's it say? They were offended in him. Right? And this is why he says, Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor. Right? In other words, where, where a prophet comes from or someone, whatever, there is, there is more, I don't know how the words, I can use this. Um, there's almost more of a disdain for that person from where they come from. Does that make sense? Right? Um, 
Again, think, think about what they're saying, and I, I apologize, I'm not explaining this very well. Think about Jesus has grown up here. He's the son of a carpenter. That's what they said. Is not this the son of the carpenter, right? And his brothers are here, and his uh, mother is called Mary, his brothers, his sisters, all these different things. And then what happens? Jesus is basically saying he's the Messiah. What do you think the people that have grown up with him and those that know him, what do you think they're going to think about that? Well, yeah, they didn't believe him, but I mean, what do you think they're really going to think about a guy like that? You're the Messiah? You're not the Messiah. You're, you're a carpenter's kid, right? You're the Messiah? Wait a minute. We have seen you grow up, right? Have you ever, and, and it's interesting, um, it is I, many times the most difficult people to reach are who? What's that? Family. Friends. Why? Because they know you. They've, they've seen you all your life, right? Right? I mean, they've seen all the mistakes that you made. I'm not saying Jesus made a mistake, but I'm just saying they've, they've seen you and me, right? And they've seen all the mistakes and everything, and they, they know all the wrongs that we've done. And then, you know, somebody says, well, you know, hey, I'm uh, I've, I'm called to preach, and you know, um, I'm. L- let's just let's just take this for example, right? Let's just say, right? Um, I think everybody in here knows Brian Nouse, right? Everybody knows Brian, right? Brian Nouse, okay. Um, most most of you do. It's Brother Jake's Miss Leanna, their oldest boy, right? Let's just say in ten years, right? Right? We've seen Brian basically since he was a little kid, and he's grown up. And let's just say that in 10 years, the church is going to make him the next pastor. Okay? Do you realize how hard many times it is for people to respect someone like that when they have seen them grow up and now they're put in a position of authority? It's harder to respect them. Now, I'm not saying that Brian wouldn't do a good job as a pastor, but if we've seen him grow up, I mean, as a little kid, right, as a kid, and he grows up in things, and all of a sudden now he is, he's the pastor, and we're supposed to follow his vision, and we're going to be led spiritually by him, it's not as easy as somebody that's coming in that we don't really know a whole lot of their background. We don't really know a whole lot of their past. We didn't see them grow up as a kid, right? We didn't see the, the mistakes that they made, right? I mean, no doubt all of us have seen some of these teenagers and we're like, what in the world? Right? I mean, we, we've, we've watched them grow up. We've seen stupid things that they've done and we're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy, do they need help, Right? And then all of a sudden now, 10 years from now, now this guy's the pastor? Now, praise God if he becomes the pastor of the church, right? And if he does become the pastor of the church, we need to follow his leadership, right? But this is what's happening here, right? Jesus has grown up in this area, 
Jesus has been there. They've seen him as a kid. Again, they know he's the carpenter's son. They know Mary. They've seen his brothers, right? I mean, they've seen him grow up, and now Jesus is the one that's doing all the teaching? Jesus is the teacher? Jesus is this Messiah, right? I mean, think about it. It says that when he had finished these perils, he departed thence. When he was coming into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Who, who does he think he is? It's not that it, they're not saying how, man, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, here's Jesus, and we've seen him grow up, and man, he, he knows the scripture, and look at these amazing things. That's not what they were doing. That's not their attitude. They were like, who does he think he is teaching us? Who does he think he is being able to say that he does these things? Right? It was a, it was a total disbelief because of who they were because of him growing up in that area, right? And so this is why when he comes here, and this is what Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and his own house, right? He's not without honor. In other words, think about it. Um, a lot of times we'll have uh, missionaries come in, right? And we'll have guest preachers come in, right? We'll have different ones come in. And we think, man, those, man, those people, whew, wow, they can preach, you know, man, they're just, they're doing some amazing things, you know, and it's kind of like we, we almost kind of lift them up a little bit higher, and guess then what happens? That pastor, that missionary goes home, and guess what they find? In the home, they're not really lifted up that way as much. Why? Because they're, it's family. Everybody knows them, right? And so this is what Jesus is saying in this area where he was because of how he grew up, because of everybody knowing him, they were offended. They were offended in him. Who do you think you are? And so watch what happens, right? So now, now that we understand what Jesus is saying here, right, he's not saying that you're going to have honor where you come from. No, it's just the opposite. It's not that you're going to have honor among those who, uh, you know, you're with or whatever. No, no, it's the opposite. Among your family, your friends, the people you grew up with, the community and things, there's not going to be as much honor there as when you're away from those people or away from that area, right? So understanding this, notice what he says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So again, why would Jesus, if these people are in unbelief, and obviously we know that they need to be saved, right? Why would he not do many mighty works here then? Ms. Donna? Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. I mean, there, there were a lot that were done because of faith, right? But there are a lot of miracles that weren't done because of faith. You know, just, just compassion that Jesus had, right? I mean, you think about the five loaves and two fish. That wasn't because of faith. That was compassion, right? Um, the, the healing of uh, Lazarus, right? It wasn't because of faith. Lazarus didn't have the faith, right? 
Um, you think about um, the blind man, right? Uh, many times there were blind that were healed, not because of their faith, but just Jesus just showing compassion. So there were many that were done because of faith, but I don't think we can say that every miracle that Jesus ever did was because of faith. It was many times just because of compassion, right? So yes, we know that they don't have faith, right? But why, why not do the mighty works? Why not try to do something to convince him? Bob? Right. Right. Yeah, they Yeah. They were offended. Yeah. Mhm. Right. Mhm. Right. Mhm. Yep. I thought I saw another hand over here. Jeff. Yeah, they were aware. Yeah, they were aware of the different miracles that he had done. Obviously, they were aware of his teaching. He's there teaching them at that point. Yeah, Miss Hannah? Okay, so maybe because it was kind of a hometown, there, there weren't as many people that were flocking maybe to see him like in other areas. Yeah, Corey? Yeah, signs are for the Jews. Not for them that believe, but to them that believe not. What do you think? What do you think he's saying here when he says he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief? So again, think think about what we just said. So obviously, we know a prophet is not without honor, right? So we understand that the the people that know you are the hardest people that are really going to be able to reach because why? They, they just know you. They know all the mistakes you've made. They know all the dumb things you've done, right? But here's where I think it's different. They have watched Jesus, right? Close to 20 years now, they have seen his life, right? We know from the time he was 12 after he went to the temple, and now as Jesus comes upon the scene at about 30 years of age, they've seen his life, 
right? What one wrong word did Jesus ever say? What wrong thing did Jesus ever do? Nothing, right? And so here's where I think it is a little bit different because they, they were able to see Jesus' life from a, a child, a 12-year-old, all the way up to being an adult, and they never saw anything wrong. There was never sin. There was never a misspoken word. There was never... Uh, disobedience to his parents. There was never, you know, there was never any of those things, right? So even his, even his childhood and his teen years and his young adult days, all of that is, is emphasizing, it's, it's showing who he is. There's something different about him than everybody else. And then when he begins to, to do the miracles and he begins to teach it's all showing there's something different about him. He's, not, he's different than everybody else, right? And so even though they've, they've seen him from, from a child to an adult now, they, they, they listen to what he says. I mean, he is teaching them, right? And obviously, we know, the Bible tells us that many times the Bible says he taught like nobody else, right? I mean, when Jesus taught, man, I mean, you learn from it, you listen to it. I mean, all these different things. The miracles that he did, who else can do this? Nobody else can do these miracles. The, 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 the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, none of these people can do these, these miracles that he's doing, but he can. And here's where I think this is why Jesus says he did not many mighty works there. And here's why. Because of their unbelief. They had become so hard to Jesus. Whether, you know, from, whether it started from the time he was 12 and going up to when he was 30 or whatever, they had become so hard to Jesus in such a hard unbelief that it didn't matter what Jesus did, they were not going to believe. There was such a hardness there that, that even... Again, he's teaching, and he has done miracles there, and they still would not believe. There is such a hardness there that Jesus is saying, look, and, and again, this is why I think it, it's very interesting what we just read back in, um, in chapter 11, I think it was, um, where he says in verse number 21, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted above heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. So think about it. He's, he's showing. He said, look, there are places where I've gone and I've taught and I've done miracles and they have still refused. He said, but yet if these same miracles and things would have been done in Tyre and Sidon and in Sodom, he said, they would have repented. They would have believed. But there is such a hardness here. And even in his own area and around Nazareth, right, there is such a hardness to them that he says, it doesn't matter what miracles are done. It doesn't matter what teaching is done. They, they have such a hard heart of unbelief that there's, there's no point in doing these things here. 
because they are not going to believe. Now, does Jesus want everyone to be saved? Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt. The Bible says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus wants everyone to be saved. But just because he wants everyone to be saved doesn't mean everyone is going to be saved. That is upon us. That is upon the individual. A person chooses whether they will accept, whether they will believe, or whether they will reject. Now again, and I know people say, well, if I could just see a miracle, I would believe. They didn't. They didn't. Well, if I could just, if I could just hear, if I, if I was there and if I would have heard Jesus teach, I would have believed. They didn't. They saw, they heard, and they still didn't believe. And that's why it's, it's not necessarily so much about what the miracles that he does or he doesn't do or whatever. It's the response of those that are there. Are they listening and are they accepting of it? Or is there such a hardness there that they, they have no desire at all to... to understand to believe i mean all that they can see i mean all that they could see up there was a carpenter's son they couldn't see anything else but a carpenter's son right that again if if brian nouse were one day to become the pastor there would be some people that all they would ever see is a teenager in first baptist church they wouldn't respect him. They wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't follow his leading because all they can see is just a teenager in First Baptist Church. And their hearts have become so hard that Jesus says, I'm not going to do anything else because you're not going to believe anyway. And again, that's not up to us to know. That's, that's only up to God to know, right, Rob? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his own family didn't even believe him till later. I mean, as far as, like, we're talking about his, um, his half-brothers and sisters and things, those that were mentioned, they didn't even believe him until later, right? Mm-hmm. In Luke 16, he says, except they believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe one rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Luke chapter 16, remember when um, the rich man is asking for Lazarus to go back to his brother's house? Right? And he says, if, if one rose from the dead, they would believe. And Abraham says, no, they wouldn't believe. If they're not going to believe the word of God, if they're not going to believe Moses and the prophets, the scripture, they're not going to believe if somebody rose from the dead. Right? It's not about the miracles and all that. Look, people saw the miracles, they ate the fish, they ate the bread, and they still walked away in unbelief. It was, they, they were not looking for that that spiritual understanding. They were not looking for a spiritual deliverer. They just wanted somebody to provide food for them. Here's a free meal. Let's, let's take it. And that's why I think he says here back in chapter 15 then, or excuse me, chapter 13, that even after he's taught them, they said, who are you? Who do you think you are, right? They were offended in him. Jesus said, all right, well, then there's nothing else I can do. Nothing else I can do. Sure, yeah, no doubt. She said maybe there was a little bit of jealousy, right? I mean, 
you've had kids born in the same town or grown up in the same town. They weren't perfect like Jesus was, right? I mean, what's, what's the secret that Mary's got about this kid, you know? I mean, how is she able to, to raise this kid to never, never disobey and never talk back, right? I mean, never one unkind word or anything. I mean, no doubt there probably could have been jealousy, you know? Why, why him and not one of my kids? Or how does he get to do all of this, this stuff and, and not us? There is, there, is so, there is so much that I don't think we really truly understand about the days of Jesus Christ growing up, right? Um, and again, I'm not, not trying to, not, and again, I, I know there are people that try to speculate and things, but there's just, there's no way that we can truly grasp and understand what he went through, what Mary went through, um, you know, all of the, just the accusations that were, were brought against them. Of course, even after Jesus begins his ministry, those accusations are still there, right? You're, you're born of fornication. So, I mean, it was always there, right? Always this, this oppression against him, and yet, He's perfect. He doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't say any unkind word, right? He doesn't act out in anger or anything like this. I mean, he's just perfect. And who knows what other people were thinking at that time, right? I mean, could there have been jealousy? No doubt, right? Um, I mean, you know, you ever you ever went to school with somebody that didn't have to study, you know, and you know, you're just like, you're a jerk, you know? I mean, like, I've got to study for hours and hours and hours, you know? Um, if, if it wasn't for my wife, I would not have passed college, you know? I'd still be in college today, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, it just, so no doubt about it. Yeah, Ms. Dana? Or, but I saw a hand back here. Who was that? Ron, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the prophets, John the Baptist, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we are over. I got I to gotta stop this. All right, we'll have a break here and come back in a few minutes for morning service.